Hey, what's up, everybody? Welcome back to the podcast. Thank you for joining us. Let's take, if you've got your Bibles, and turn with me to John chapter 2. And I'm going to talk a little bit about the miracle ministry of Jesus, uh, the, the first three miracles that John records here. So we'll start at John chapter 2, and then just note some things about mir- miracles. You know, God, God's a good God. God has things planned for us, plans, you know, the, the verse, plans to prosper us and not to harm us. But the reason why God, we talked about, uh, is God in control? The reason why God's will doesn't come to pass in our lives is because of either ignorance on our part or just unbelief on our part or disobedience on our part. And so we're going to see here through the Bible what it takes to walk in miracle territory, to walk in provision, to walk in abundance, to walk in the power of God. And you'll see some um, some uh, common ground between these three miracles that we see here um, in John. But John chapter 2, verse 1, it says, The next day there was a wedding celebration in the village of Cana in Galilee. Jesus' mother was there, and Jesus' and his disciples were also invited to the celebration. The wine supply ran out during the festivities, so Jesus' mothers told him they have no more wine. Dear woman, that's not our problem, Jesus replied. My time has not yet come. But his mother told the servants, do whatever he tells you. The King James says, whatever he says unto you, do it. And this is really the key to our life as Christians. It's the key to our ministry. It's the key to miracles. It's the key to signs and wonders is whatever, do whatever he tells you to do. The power of, the, of, of God is contained in the word of God. It's contained in the command of God. It's contained in the instruction of God. When God tells you to do something, it's because he's wanting Faith is action. So there has to be an action beside your belief. If you say you believe, but there's no action to show that you believe, there's that's not faith being exercised. Faith always has a corresponding action. So for, let's take sowing and reaping, for instance. Um, people see, can look at sowing and reaping as, as God's way of just testing our love. And that's, you know, that's part of it. The Bible actually says your giving proves the sincerity of your love. But giving is an action to show that you believe God's word. He said, give and it shall be given unto you. Good measure, pressed down, shaken together and running over, shall men give into your bosom. So th- th- we know that giving isn't just to test our love. There's there's a seed time and there's a harvest time. The Bible says, as long as the earth remains, seed time and harvest time remains. So if you say, I believe in God's provision, that God's going to take care of me and God will bless me, but there's no giving, there's nothing leaving your hand, you don't actually believe it. You don't believe that God will do it. So giving becomes the proof of, yes, your love for the Lord, where your treasure is there, your heart will be also. But it's, it's proof that you believe the word of God. Man, I'm, I'm out on a ledge. So when, you, when God calls you to seed, I found that the easiest way to learn the voice of the, of the Lord, to recognize God's voice, is to hear him in giving and also to hear him in, um, in winning souls, in, in, in being available to tell people about Jesus. And so you can tune into the the voice of God and get to know the voice of God in those areas. If your heart is closed to give, man, I don't know. You you won't make it far as a Christian if your heart is closed to give money. Um, the Lord will use you as best as He can, but that shows a heart that's that's that doesn't love because love gives. You can you for God so loved the world that He gave. And so when God calls you to seed, if God's put a seed on your heart, know that God isn't doing that to deplete you. God's doing that because he's got a harvest in mind. So the Bible says here, whatever he says to you, do it. That's the instruction. Where Whatever he says to you, do it. Why? Because, because the Lord will require a step of faith. It actually is a law. 
God has to see that step of faith to be able to do what he wants to do. If you can think of it this way, God's looking to bless you, but he can't. He's limited by your actions of faith. God's looking to heal his children, but he can't because of their unbelief. God's hands are tied. He's, he's set up what's called the law. Romans 3 talks about it, the law of faith. There's a law that we have to have our end of the bargain. It's the same thing. God wants everyone to be born again. But if people don't believe and confess with their mouth and make a decision, I'm serving Jesus and repent, they, they don't go to heaven. God wants everyone. God's not willing that any should perish, but all should come to repentance. And so there's the corresponding action. So, so Jesus' mother says, do whatever he tells you. Standing nearby were six stone water jars used for the Jewish ceremonial washing. Each could hold 20 to 30 gallons. Jesus told the servants, fill the jars with water. When the jars had been filled, he said, now dip some out and take it to the master of ceremonies. So the servants followed his instructions. Just key, whatever he says to you, do it. And then they did it. So the servants followed his instructions. When the master of ceremonies tasted the water that was now wine, not knowing where it had come from, though of course the servants knew, he called the bridegroom over. A host always serves the best wine first, he said. Then when everyone had 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 a lot to drink, he brings out the less expensive wine. But you have kept the best wine until now. This miraculous sign at Canaan Galilee was the first time Jesus revealed his glory and his disciples believed in him. So here we have an account. Very interesting that, you know, these 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 servants that were there that that the mother just said, do whatever he tells you to do. They were actually the ones with their neck on the line. Why? Because, you know, this was a, these water pots, it says, were used for cleansing. This is what they washed their hands and their, they, they pulled the water out to to wash their feet in. It's it's what they wash the dust off their feet with. So these weren't like your your drinking water pots. These were the washing, the hand washing basins, right? And so for them, when they drew, go fill those up, they take it to the, here's the person. This wouldn't have just been any person. This was the master of ceremony. So he was a person held in esteem. Imagine if, first of all, they think, well, I filled this up with water and I'm taking this over here to this person. What are they risking? They're risking their jobs. Who knows what they're risking? But it's it's that's why it says the master of ceremonies didn't know where it came from, but the servants knew. They knew that he was drinking hand-washing water that had been turned into wine. Imagine, you know, what they're thinking, what if this what if nothing happens? We're going to take this over here to the master of ceremonies. He's expecting a glass of wine. He's going to drink it and then he's going to it's going to be water and he's going to this is water. What are you doing? Where did this come from? And then they're going to have to point Sir, it came from those basins over there. What the the hand washing basins? What's wrong with you? You know, so here they were risking sticking their neck out on the line. When it comes to the power of God being released, when it comes to miracles, it's going to take sticking your neck out on the line. I remember when I first came on staff at uh, Revival Ministries International as a pastor, just uh, last January, and um, uh, it was during a camp meeting. I'd been on staff for less than a, just a few weeks. And um, I've been talking to a good friend of mine, Pastor PJ Vivier, who's in South Africa now, and he ran the healing school here. And um, we'd been talking about faith, and he was just talking about how faith is action. And so that had just been revolving over in my spirit. But I felt, Pastor Rodney gave an altar call. It was like a Thursday night or what, you know, something like that, uh, somewhere in the middle of the week. And I just felt to go back and help out at the altar call. And um, so I just went back there and someone else was doing the like talk, you know, after the altar call on one of the portables. And I just, and then he's like, he had helpers. And then he's like, all right, helpers, you can go and lay hands on people. And and um, so I'm like ministering. And then I look and I see this guy in the back and he's like kind of slouched over. And um, he's in his fifties and he's just like slouched over. And I walked up and I said, sir, what do you need? And he said, 
you know, pastor gave the call for if a, if a storm came against your life. He said, I was out on the mission field or somewhere like Honduras or something. And, um, and suddenly this chronic fatigue hit me and it, it's taken me off the mission field. I can't do anything. He's like, I sleep 18 hours a day. I, I don't have any energy. You know, it's devastated my life. It's been like this for a few years now. And, um, and in my heart, I'm just thinking faith is action. Faith is action. And so I wanted to like just lay my hands on him and pray for him to be healed. But in my heart, it kept revolving in my heart. Faith is action. Faith is action. So I said, stand up. And he looked at me like, didn't you just hear me say, I mean, he's, he couldn't even make himself sit up straight. And, uh, and so I, I help him up. The ushers, they were there, help him up. And in my heart, I still felt like, man, faith is action. Because my thinking was, if he was healed, I'm going to lay hands on him to be healed. But when he was healed, he wouldn't be sitting down. So I'm not letting him, I'm not laying hands on him, letting him stay seated. So I picked him up. So, so they stood him up. And then I laid my hands on him. And I said, in the name of Jesus... And I, and it just came out of my spirit, but I said, this foul spirit of death come out of him, come out of him now in Jesus name. And so I rebuked the spirit of death. And then, and then I just still felt in my heart, this is not enough. Faith is action. So what did I do? I wrapped my arms around him, bear hugged him and picked him up and started jumping with him. Now this is a grown man. And honestly, at this point, my head is saying, what are you doing? And out of the corner of my eyes, I see the, the ushers looking at me like, what are you doing? Here I have this go- this grown man in my arms, and I'm jumping with him, and just and just pr- pr- I don't know if I was praying at the time, but just jumping with him. And then I set him down, and I took a step back, and uh, I looked at him. It was like this moment that seemed to last forever. And he looked at me, and he goes, "Woo!" And and as as high as he can, he turns and kicks like a karate kick, kicked his foot up into the air like as high as his head, and then he goes, "Woo!" And he's like, I felt that. And I don't know, he like started jumping or whatever. And he's like celebrating the Lord healed him. And, and so we celebrated. And then two days later, um, I was walking through the hallway of the church. Uh, and this man comes up to me and I honestly didn't even recognize him. And he said, hey, hey, hey are you the Bible school student? I kind of laughed, you know, the pastor. Have you the Bible school student who laid hands on me? Uh, yes. He's like, man, since then I've had energy. I'm completely healed. I've been rub- He'd been, he's living in San Antonio, but he'd come down for the conference. He's like, I've been running up and down, up and down the steps at my hotel. The Lord has totally healed me and praise the Lord. The Lord totally healed him. But what happened? It was that my heart was quickened to, hey, faith is action. If he's healed, he's not sitting in the seat slouched over. You know, my religion, my, my mindset was just, I just want to lay hands on him, don't want to disrupt, but faith is action. And so it's do whatever he tells you to do. And so that's the first miracle that was recorded in, in Jesus' ministry here in the book of John. And then uh, going to J- John chapter 4, and if you go to verse 43, it says, At the end of the two days, Jesus went on to Galilee. He himself had said that a prophet is not honored in his own hometown. Yet the Galileans welcomed him, for they had been in Jerusalem at the Passover celebration and had seen everything he did there. As he traveled through Galilee, he came to Cana, where he had turned the water into wine. There was a government official nearby, Capernaum, whose son was very sick. When he heard that Jesus was come from Judea to Galilee, he went and begged Jesus to come to Capernaum to heal his son who was about to die. Jesus asked, will you never believe in me unless you see miraculous signs and wonders? The official pleaded, Lord, please come now before my little boy dies. That Jesus told him, Jesus told him, go back home. Your son will live. And the man believed what Jesus said and started home. While the man was on his way, some of his servants met him with the news that his son was alive and well. He asked them when the boy had begun to get better, and they replied, Yesterday afternoon at one o'clock, his fever suddenly disappeared. Then the father realized that this was the very time Jesus had told him, Your son will live. 
and he and his entire household believed in Jesus. This was the second miraculous sign Jesus did in Cana after coming from Judea. Sorry, in Galilee. And so we see there, it's the same thing. Jesus says, go back home, your son will live. And what does it say? And the man believed what Jesus said and started home. This is the key that we're seeing here is that it's the word of God. When you get the word of the Lord, all you need is a word from God. All you need is a prompt from the Holy Ghost. And when you get that and you act on it, if this man hadn't started home, well, no, you know, I don't want to go back without you coming with me. Well, no, I'm sorry. That's a day's journey. I'm sorry. I'm supposed to be here. But because he said, no, your son will live, go home. The man believed Jesus, took his word for it and acted on the word. What did he do? He didn't, he didn't wait for someone to come to him to tell him his son was better and say, well, let me stick with Jesus. And if he's better, my, you know, my servant will come and tell me. And, and if he's not, my servant will come and tell me. No, he just said, all right, well, if he said it, it's so. And that's the way we treat the word of God. If the word said it, it's so. The Bible says, ask and it will be given to you. So that's your word for this week. What are you asking the Lord for? I want to tell you, ask and you shall receive. Have you asked? You shall receive. It's yours. That means it's yours. Hallelujah. It's mine. Lord, what I've been asking you for, hallelujah, it's mine. It's mine. It's mine. It's mine. That belongs to me. And then this next one in John chapter 5, this just shows for me the compassion of Jesus, how God just wants to help people. And so it says here, John 5, 1, afterwards, just Jesus returned to Jerusalem for one of the Jewish holy days. Inside the city near the sheep gate was the pool of Bethesda with five covered porches. Crowds of sick people, blind, lame, or paralyzed, lay on the porches. One of the men lying there had been sick for 38 years. When Jesus saw him and knew he had been ill for a long time, he asked him, would you like to get well? I can't, sir, the sick man said, for I have no one to put me into the pool when the water bubbles up. Someone else always gets a hold of me. So, so what this version leaves out is that there was a certain time, a certain season when an angel would come down and trouble the water and the first person to get in would get healed. NLT is a decent version until it comes to things like that and they just leave verses out. You gotta choose your translations wisely. Someone else always gets their head of me. Jesus told him, stand up, pick up your mat and walk. Instantly, the man was healed. He rolled up his sleeping mat and began walking. But this miracle happened on the Sabbath. Man, what, what, how about the compassion of Jesus Christ here? Who the man didn't call for Jesus. The man didn't know who Jesus was. Jesus went over and just said, hey, will you be made whole? And he said, sir, I have no man. I have no one to put me in. I, I would love to, but I don't have anyone to put me in. And then he, basically he said, hey, I'm having compassion on you. He knew that man had been like that for a long time. And, and the heart of God that just said, I can't see them suffer anymore. God wants to heal you. God wants to set you free. The devil wants to make it that it's always going to be this far off thing. No, the compassion of Jesus makes that God comes down to our level. Look at that verse. God comes down to our level. He came, he came and met that man knowing that he was risking Sabbath day miracles, you know, always got him in trouble. But knowing what he was risking, that he, that he would come down to that man's level and say, you don't have a man? Well, I'll, I'll be your man here. In the name of, you know, he didn't say in the name of Jesus, but rise up and walk, take up your bed and walk. And as the man did, he was totally healed. And so you see the compassion of Jesus. You see God's compassion. You see how God's looking to heal his people. Third John 1, 2 says, Beloved, I wish above all things that you would prosper and be in health, even as your soul prospers. I'm telling you that God's looking for opportunities to heal. He's looking for opportunities to restore and deliver. Father, I pray for every person now listening. 
in the mighty name of Jesus, the power of God to descend on their body. I command every internal organ to be healed in Jesus' name. I command every cell in every body be healed in Jesus' name. Every bit of infirmity come out in Jesus' name. Bodies be whole in the name of, that's it, Jesus. Jesus' name. Jesus' name. Jesus' name. Rise and be whole in Jesus' name. God bless you. Thanks for joining us. We'll see you on the next podcast.